What am I to do? Welcome to Razor Branding Podcast with Jackie Russo. To learn more about how to improve your brand, visit brandrusso.com. Today, I am honored to have as our guest, Ruffin Rodrigue, co-founder of Rufino's Restaurant in Baton Rouge and Lafayette. Uh, I think the timing of this is great coming off of the draft last night. Ruffin's got some fantastic college football stories. Some he might be willing to tell, some he probably will take to his grave. And we're going to talk about graves too. So it'll be an odd uh, interview, but we're looking forward to having Ruffin and hearing some of his great stories. Ruffin, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Jackie. Um, so for everybody who doesn't know, uh, Ruffin and I are in a relationship. Uh, a, he's a client, but B, um, it's true love all the way for both of us, I think. Absolutely. I mean, what's not to love about Jackie Russo? I feel Thanks. the same way about Ruffin Roderick. So before we get into you and your life and your history and your background, which is what I'm really excited about, um, I really kind of want to talk about what's been going on with the restaurant. Obviously, um, major events at venues and restaurants have been the hardest hit through this shelter in place order and the global pandemic. So what's it like been, what's it been like at Rafino's having to make that transition? Uh, I, I tell you, it's uh, like everyone else We're day by day, it's, it's a new, new information, new misinformation, new, all the things. And when it first started, uh, the rumors started spreading about our, our mayor shut down restaurants. And I was just appalled and couldn't believe it. And, how could they do something like that? Da, da, da. And then we're all like, well, we have uh, business interruption insurance and we all should be fine. And then everybody knows what's going on with that. That's a, you know, the smart insurance guys knew to put that word virus in there. So, and then when we officially shut down, I understood because the Monday we were last open, I was, greeting guests and, you know, last night be open and pretty busy for a Monday night. And I couldn't believe the people hugging, kissing, handshaking, all the different things. And it was kind of eerie because at the time it was, we didn't know much about the, about the virus and what it could do and all that. And it was, it was kind of eye opening and shocking to me. And that's when I kind of said, we need to, we need to shut down, you know, the, it's got, it's got to happen if you want to save lives, if it saves one life. Right. It's amazing how quickly our perceptions change. You mentioned how it felt weird that Monday night. I felt the same thing since watching TV, seeing people on TV shake hands and hug. I have to take a second and think about it. We're already being trained that that's not safe right now. And so it looks odd. Uh, so y'all did transition to curbside, though. And how's that going with curbside delivery? You know, it was such a small part of our business uh in baton rouge it, it, it was uh we're in a residential area like in lafayette in lafayette obviously with river ranch and all the homes around and all that we do pretty good takeout uh we did delivery for a while with different apps but those are so costly uh just it, we were losing money on those but so takeout in a, in a you know with a with fine dining food is is a is good. Uh, it's not, you know, take out chicken shawarma or something that's real quick. And so when we started it, we, we were equipped for it, which we were lucky because a lot of, you know, the Ruth Chris of the world and all those don't do takeout. Don't like right. to do takeout. 
And so they were just kind of hit with it and they got to order all this stuff. We had the, the capability to do it. We have a catering uh, uh, building in downtown Baton Rouge. So we, they helped us in Lafayette and Baton Rouge. And it's just, it, it was an easy transition. So, uh, and we wanted to keep, I wanted to keep our salaried employees right. working. Um, because in the restaurant business, even though when people see a packed parking lot, as, as they do, the Rafinos in the river, when people are driving by, oh my God, you're just killing it. You, you're must, they just think you're so rich and all restaurant business, the, you know, the, 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 the margins are extremely small, uh, because of cost and, and different things. People in the restaurant business, not to make money, people in the restaurant business, because they love, we love hospitality and taking care of people and entertain and entertaining, uh, and uh, so it's been it's been good uh, uh, to, to, through the transition. We're looking forward to reopening, but at the right time, right. you know, it's with the help, hopefully you know, with the PPP money, if they can help the restaurants a little bit, because it's it's uh, 75 percent, you know, within a time in a time limit and all this stuff. The restaurants is most of our most of our employees are on them you know, getting that big unemployment check right now, sitting on their couches playing Xbox, you know? Right. Watching and, Netflix. Uh, yeah. And, uh, that's what I would be doing if I was 22 years old. You I know? am doing that. And I'm not 22. And, uh, I can't stop. I, I, I'm, I'm claustrophobic at home or here. I, I gotta be, I'm on the road. All I'm, I'm, I'm six feet from everybody, but I'm, uh, I can't stop. Well, you're an active guy. You mentioned Mayor Broom earlier. She's done a lot in Baton Rouge to help restaurants. Talk a little bit about her efforts. You know, I didn't vote. I, I, I called her and I said, you know, I didn't vote for you. I said, but boy, I tell you, I, 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 I would, I will now. Uh, Sharon has been dynamic uh, with, uh, you know, her online videos of her going to local restaurants. She set up this uh, uh keepbrserving.com deal where you can buy gift cards to local restaurants and to help out with the service industry and uh, you know very vocal about it in the beginning you know when everybody was listening now I, I mean people are so over COVID-19 right. informed like you said they don't really, nobody wants to hear about it anymore so so she said the precedent um I wish I wish the mayor in Lafayette would have done a little little, little stronger in the beginning. He's new uh, to to support local because there's a lot of a lot of local restaurants in Lafayette just shut down and didn't not doing takeout at all because uh, right. really cost wise it doesn't it doesn't make sense you know just to turn the lights on right um, so we we're fortunate enough to to have had uh, unbelievable management. Number one, uh, especially in Lafayette, man, those guys are top notch. Chris Muffaletto and uh, Greg Harmon, Katie Judis, and Leah Mellum, and um, that's Chef Estevan and James. They are working day and night, not only to serve the community and serve food. <clears throat> they are working on a restaurant that'll look brand new when you walk, but when you when when we open up, they are painting and sanitizing and just cleaning and redoing everything. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be nice. So really, really proud of the, uh, the staff. Right. Hey, Ruffin. Um, 
one of the um i don't want to scare you i'm kind of popping in, in and out yeah. hey michael <laughs> but one of the things that rufino's that you you know your 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 tagline is you know celebrating life it's it's, it's what you try to do is have people come in i think you know a lot of times what everybody's been hearing is all you hear is COVID and all you hear is doom and gloom. I think what you guys have done well is continue to push to celebrate life is even if you're at home, it's still worth, you know, um, having a, a good night and sharing with friends and family. Can you talk a little bit about your philosophy on that and how, how you're trying to implement, you know, implement that during these times? Yeah. You know, when I got in the restaurant business, uh, start off with TJ Moran, who's the first franchisee of Ruth Chris Steakhouse and TJ ribs and, Ned Fizrashny, <clears throat> so many successes, but the one thing he taught me was was the, you know, the hospitality uh, brand and the and how to brand yourself and how to, to, you know, take care of everybody, no matter if it's a if it's a business deal with multimillionaires sitting there, or right next to them, or a guy that works for a landscaping company, <laughs> you know, it's uh, and. Celebrating life came when, you know, in our industry, celebration is everything. You have birthdays, anniversaries, um, um, retirement dinners, all these different things. So we ask people what they're celebrating. And when they just want to come out and enjoy themselves, we say, hey, let's just celebrate life. You know, we, we woke up this morning and uh, we're healthy. And so it, it kind of took a took its own form. We've all, everybody has always had these brand moments of, I think we used to use the one, uh, every night's a memory we had on a billboard because we wanted to create memories. We wanted to make sure every table was not just, you, you're not just coming to Rufino's to eat. Food's fantastic, but it's not just about food. It's about that it factor, that, that word that I still can't find. And it's it's uh, it's the energy, it's the the smiles, it's the, the the feeling you get. I like to tell people the greatest joy I have if I can have people feel when they leave my restaurant like they just saw the best movie they've ever seen. You know, that feeling you get when you saw, you know, Back to the Future or one of these, you know, class of just any classic movie that's your favorite movie. How you felt. That's how I want you to feel when you leave Rufino's because you feel that energy and that you were taken care of and that you you're important. And that's, that's, that's what celebrating life is, is really all about. It's, it's about, you know, making sure people are recognized, appreciated and accommodated. Don't you think in some ways, and not to put on my <laughs> therapist hat, uh, but does some of that come from your early beginnings and your first job? Why don't you tell everybody yeah. a little bit about what you used well, to do? I grew up in Thibodeau, which is easy for it was the Lafayette restaurant was such an easy transition because it's like a Lafayette's like a grown up Thibodeau. I mean, it's just the same culture, same people, same. And my dad was uh, in the uh, the funeral business in St. Mary Parish, uh, Morgan City, Berwick, Franklin, that area. And uh, at 11 years old, tried to play baseball and I was, man, I was terrible. And my dad was a former football player and all that. And he just looked at me and said, you need to, you want to come to work or you want to goof around and with your, at the time, ADD wasn't a thing, mm -hmm. but trying to sit in a dugout in a baseball game with what I have or whatever, the ADHD. No. Oh my God, I could not stand it. So, uh, 
got into the field room with my dad, which would, would get up every morning at four o'clock, drive to Morgan City, put a shovel in my hand and uh, and actually dig uh, burial sites and graves uh, in the summertime in Morgan City, which may be the hottest place on earth in the summertime because it's underwater. Right. And learned a lot of culture. You know, uh, the two guys that had my, uh, that I worked with, uh, ex-convicts, you know, these two beautiful black guys from uh, from Morgan City. One of them named Sylvester. The other one was June. Sylvester Hayes was one of them. June didn't have a last name. I, I just didn't, just he was just Jew. But I learned so much from him, culture and stories and everything about them. And then when I was either 12 or 13, uh, a couple of, couple of kind of aha moments uh when i was in the, you know handling funerals uh one there was a bad uh, uh i think it was a helicopter accident or something but uh and i accidentally walked into uh the embalming room where the, the bodies were and i and i saw the i saw the tragedy and the death and then i saw the families afterwards and the the sorrow and the a heartache and then about a week later there was a vietnamese uh funeral uh in, in, the, in the area and the passion when when i when i when i lowered the body and i and i saw the the the, the wife of the husband jump on top of the grave and then the daughter jump on top of the coffin and as it was going down and the, the tears and the screaming and the the sorrow it was kind of a life-changing moment for me. Uh, it taught me a lot that, you know, that, that side of, of, of life of, of the deep sorrow and, and cause I'd never lost anybody and, uh, kind of made a commitment to, you know, from then on from high school, junior high, high school, college, just to everyone I met, I met, I wanted to make my, uh, my best friend or, or make them feel important and feel love and, and appreciate it. Uh, Cause it makes you feel good. So it's just a, it's a thing I've been living with ever since. But I think that really sums up your whole approach to your focus on being remarkable and celebrating life. And I would imagine those experiences at 11, 12 and 13 years old have to stay with you for your whole life. Oh, there's no, there's no doubt. Um, there's so many points in my life that I'm not going to call it chaos, but just or tragedy or whatever. But, you know, I, I suffered loss at an early age uh, with my uh, one of my best friends in, in college who, who died in a, uh, in a car accident. And then after that, two other teammates, I lost three college LSU teammates under the age of 25. They all played in the NFL uh, to car accidents. And, you know, rebounding from stuff like that uh, kind of catapulted me into uh, wanting to be in, wanted to make my life something other than just nine to five or, or whatever, you know, it could be. And that's, that be remarkable be, deal is, you know, when I really learned it, Jackie, was when I was at LSU, my roommate, Tommy Hodson was uh quarterback he was the hollywood boy good looking great quarterback my best friend the whole deal he would tell the media 
you know, because offensive linemen don't get a whole lot of credit. <laughs> and uh, he would tell the media, hey, you want some good one-liners and you want some good stuff, you know, interview Ruffin after games. And they started to, and I'm, that's when I learned branding um, because I knew I wouldn't play in the NFL if I did it all very long. Uh, and I just started getting myself in front of the media saying, you know, I'm not, well, that, I got, I actually made the USA Today quote of the day one time. Uh, what did you say? We were playing Tulane and they were, I think we had the same record or something. And I, you know, I, I grew up an LSU guy, so I didn't really like Tulane very much. And at the time, Columbia University in New York had the longest losing streak of all time. And they asked me about Tulane saying they're just as good as us because they're the same record. And I said, Tulane is a joke. They're the Columbia of the South. And it got in. Yeah, I made USA Today quote of the day. I bet it did. And uh, so that was, but that was, you know, branding. And there's some other stupid stuff I said during my career about we played Miami and they beat us like a drum. And I said, we dominated a line of scrimmage. And I mean, just, it was just crazy off the wall stuff, but you know, not that I wanted to pattern myself after him, but sort of, sort of like a Dennis Rodman type. Mm -hmm. uh, I wanted to branding is, 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 you know, as long as you don't go over, overboard with uh, any kind of crime or you know stupid things, uh, but it, just getting out there, get your face in the public, and and people recognizing you, recognizing your name, and the whole deal. And that's why I really started learning how to do that. And from there, you know, went to the beer industry for five years, did the same thing, and that's what I've been just pretty much done my whole life. Right. So, as a former Tiger player and lifelong fan, what was it like watching? the draft last night when they set a record with five players going in the first round it was fun you know i i, I uh you know no with joe it was obvious in the story and just legendary year i think if people right now are just worn out from it it was just like i told my dad i'm like man we can't do this every year i don't say alabama fans do it because that was expensive i mean i was like wow he got his credit card bill in after the season he's like man you can you get your your bill in for all this stuff. I'm like, yeah, it's bad. But uh, last night, you know, it, watching it with my son, who's 12, who's a big fan, and watching it, you know, in the virtual deal and the the, the mix ups they had and the the goofy two guys in the backdrop on on uh, Mike Vrabel. Right. I, I still don't understand. I, I loved it. My son loved it. But and then you know to hear Joe obviously, but then to go that long without anybody else and you're like man and my son said it i think it was around draft 21 whatever uh i think who went next was it uh Je justin when justin went jefferson my son said ellison's gonna go in a roll now they're gonna they're gonna hit that five well you know going to the last pick i'm sitting there looking at it and i told my son i said they're gonna take clyde just i just i'm a, i'm the biggest clyde fan Met him as a freshman, and uh, when they said his name, I saw, we just went crazy. So it was, and I, I think I think everybody probably did because if we haven't had anything to celebrate sports wise in two months, right? 
and in this in the, in the, to see Patrick Queen, a kid from Livonia, Ventures, Louisiana, you know, who before the season didn't even know if he'd be a starter. Uh, you know, to see him go and Justin Jefferson, who great story when Jordan, his older brother, uh, was playing. We were in Florida, and me and two my friends, Todd Graves, Brandon Landry from Walk On, and Todd from Razor Canes, and my dad were in the stadium. And Brandon had this branding thing where he would uh, buy uh, like fifty hot dogs and put his Walk On sticker on them and throw them into the LSU, you know, fans. And it's at halftime, and this Jordan's family was right in front of us, and Justin was this little six-year-old kid, and he was just looking up at us, please give me one of those hot dogs. You know, I'm like, Brandon, and we gave him one, and I asked him if he remembered just a little bit, but 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 he remembers the game, but uh, Brandon got thrown out of the game for doing that, mm-hmm. which, is, which is hilarious, but he got the last laugh because Single at the time, I think he ended up at some sorority house watching the game with some Florida girl. Yeah, yeah. So he recovered okay. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He did. He, he did just fine. He found a way to celebrate life that night. He did, and well, uh, make a life. I think yeah. it's going to be okay. <laughs> but uh, the draft was, you know, it was a reflection almost of the season, the the beauty of the energy, the and and now we're we're in this time of of isolation and and all that is it's like we're we're starving for uh a dopamine rush right. we're starving for a uh excitement or you know watching watching the cajuns and in the in, 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 i was hoping you know lsu and, and ul would make it to the regionals again together you know and coach robichaud's honor and you know had all the spring was like ready for for fun and and you know uh, all the stuff that that uh, Billy's doing with with uh, UL football right now is just insane. Right. For it all just to stop, you know, it's it's it it makes it uh, makes it tough, you know. LSU to rebuild. What's Miles Brennan going to do? You know, the, the number, Billy had the number one recruiting class in the in the Southern Conference. All these fun things, and you know, no basketball, no tournament. Right. You know, LSU was making a run. Uh, it's just hard, right? It's, it's, so we need to get back to some normalcy, and uh, ho- hopefully we can do it through humor. Or, I mean, people got to be getting tired of of binge watching uh, Netflix and HBO and and all that because I know I get bored. Well, I think really. we're starting to see that. I think we're starting to see um, mayors and governors pushing for the beginnings of yeah. reopenings, you know, it's happening in Georgia and, and a few other places. Uh, and I, I think you're right. I think seeing Deggs not being able to take his team to the Sunbelt conference this year and LSU going to the sec tournament, it, it, we have a loss. We're all grieving losses right now. So the question becomes, how do we find healthy ways to start to get back together again? And I, I think we're humans and humans always find a way and, you know, we'll figure it out. Now you and Todd, uh, felt pretty good about this team uh, before the football season even started, didn't you? Yeah, we were uh, my, one of my best friends, Todd Graves of Raising Canes. We uh, we were in Vegas in May, and right before we left to come back home, you know, we were in the hotel and saying we got to get down and you know make make some 
some bets, pre bets for the season, and they always, you know, Vegas sets lines on Saints winning the Super Bowl, LSU winning the National Championship, you know, different things. And it was three bets I had to make. I went to make $1,000 on each, one on, on uh, the Saints winning the Super Bowl, one for LSU winning the National Championship. The other was for Joe Burrow to win the Heisman. Because I told Todd about all the spring practices I went to. I said, this guy's going to have an unbelievable season. And uh, when we went to the hotel we were at, it was a new hotel. And the sports book didn't have the, the, the Heisman odds up. Caesars and all that had it. But we had, we had to get going. So I just made the two bets on the Saints and LSU. And I would, I would have made the $1,000 bet on 200 to 1 odds from Burrow if we'd have been at Caesars or whatever, and uh, which all would have gone to charity. Right. You know, uh, like, like we won the LSU uh, bet at $24,000. Nice. And uh, Coach O'Jean selected a charity. And, uh, you know, people say, you didn't take any of the money. I'm like, look, man, so, <laughs> you know, I, I would love. My wife asked me about it. I, I would love to, you know, especially if we'd have won the two hundred thousand. I'd love to take the money, but when your best friend's a, you know, billionaire and he owns six hundred and fifty successful fast food restaurants, can't take the money. No, no, you got to give it to charity. You got to give it to charity. So right. it, was, it was a good deal. That's a good deal. So obviously, baseball wasn't in your future. Um, in high school, though, you found football, right? Yeah, I mean, my dad played. He was he was a big time player at LSU. Chinese banded back in the '60s, made a big name for himself. Uh, so, you know, I grew up a big kid. Uh, most of my all my uncles played college football. My dad's oldest brother Perry was a running back at BYU. Uh, came from the Marines. This for, he was one of the first non Mormons they let 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 in uh, back then. Called him the Cajun Mormon. And then uh, my dad, uh, all, they all grew up in Chack Bay, which is between Thibodeau and Vashry. Uh, my Uncle Jimmy played a little bit at LSU. My Uncle uh, Donald played at McNeese. He was, a, he was a fullback. And then my favorite uncle, one of my closest uncles, uh, and uh, played, was captain and linebacker at USL at the time. Now, UL, Cajuns. Cajuns. And uh, I honestly grew up early in my youth a, a Cajun fan because I would go to all of my uncle's games. So this was in 74. You know, I was I was like 8, 9, 10 years old. That's when they were still playing at McNasby Stadium. No, they, they were in the yeah, middle. they just moved? Okay. They just moved. And they just changed from Bulldogs to, to Cajuns. Okay. And, uh, you know... Uh, John Bordelon, who's the president mm-hmm. of Home Bank, uh, was 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 at my uncle's wedding. Uh, I, I was friends with him back then, as I am now. But and I, my, my most vivid memory as a child is being in the locker room, you know, after a win in the Cajun locker room, and my uh, uncle's telling me, "Hey, go get an autograph from that guy right there. He's gonna he's gonna be a big time NFL player." It was Raphael Septian, oh. kicker. Yeah. Who won a Super Bowl with the Cowboys? So yeah. that was my first autograph. And uh, big, big, big Cages fan. But then you know, it was hard because when I was, you know, I, I got big and strong, and was a, was a was a pretty good defensive lineman in high school, and had a, had the the strength to play, you know, at a big time 
school and I was recruited pretty heavily, uh, mostly by smaller schools, but LSU, you know, offered me. And one of the hardest things I ever had to do was tell coach Sam Robertson that uh, I was going, I was going to give LSU a shot. Right. And, you know, his son, Andrew is, is in one of my business groups and I see his dad, coach Sam all the time from UL. We talk about it. He came to Thibodeau to, one last push, uh, the last day for me to be a Cajun. And I just told him, I was like, I gotta, I gotta give LSU a shot. You know, it's just the dream. And he understood, but it was hard. And, uh, he had some great teams. He, uh, they had a great run. I'd have had fun either way. Um, uh, but, uh, I'd probably be an oil and gas business right now. If I'd marry some rich oil and gas girl and be, be a, have that up and down life. Um, kind of like a restaurant life. Yeah. And, uh, so football was football was easy for me, uh, right. and it was mainly because uh, understood the game. They moved me to offensive line. Uh, I worked hard, and I just had God given strength that, uh, and you know, an ability to, to to run and do different things that that made me a, a decent player. And I had a lot of great teammates, uh, so it was fun. What's your favorite memory from the playing days? <sighs> I forgot her name. No, um, but, but, but. the girls were pretty. That was pretty good because when you have a roommate like Tommy Hansen, uh-huh. uh, who looked like a super supermodel, and, and and every every SEC team would go there, and the girls would go crazy, and would go out to Murphy's and the bars and all that, and it would just be like a swarm of of women. I'm just sitting there, you know, picking the the, the seconds and the thirds. Uh, my my best memory as a player uh, feeling was probably you know it's it's the most famous game we played in. There's a couple. There's two that really st- stand out, and both are obviously our biggest rivals. Auburn was the first one in Tiger Stadium, and everybody knows it as the earthquake game. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this defense we uh, of Auburn's. I think I think all eleven starters played in the NFL. They were just just an amazing team, and we just couldn't do anything the whole game. And then the last drive, they were worn out, and we went down and scored the famous play, Tommy and Eddie Fuller. You know, I, I made the joke because if you watch the video, I'm the only one on the ground because I got beat around the corner, and I actually I'm the only one that actually felt the earthquake because I, I was you know on the turf, and uh, it's it's a good laugh. And, and then. There was a couple of moments. One, uh, uh, we played uh, at Alabama in, in 1988, and they were favored in the whole deal. And we were down 15, 16 to nothing. It was just, it was tough. And then all of a sudden, we changed our game plan, started running the ball more. And we ended up coming back and winning the game. And there was so many different little things, stories in that game from – me and my buddy Jim Hubitz, uh, when we were going in to score, it was a TV timeout and we're in a huddle. And uh, uh, I started singing uh, A Mel With You by Modern English. <laughs> you know, stop. And Jim was like, we're dancing and singing. And the Alabama players were looking at us like we're absolutely just crazy. You know, right. just one of those moments. And then uh, on the way in at halftime, I uh, was so fired up because we were coming back. Their mascot's an elephant, and I, I 
punched the elephant in the nose and he went flying back. So I got a letter from the SEC on that. Oh, I bet you did, Roll Tide. And then I uh, I think it coming out of halftime, I yelled at a blue player or something from Alabama. They were in our way on the sideline. So she must have told her parents because I got, another, I, got another, I got two discipline letters from the SEC. Oh, well. Uh, and yeah. Nothing I, but trouble. Started a lot of trouble. Uh-huh. Oh, and so, all innocent stuff. Of course. You mentioned your singing. Um, and if anyone was lucky enough to hear some of your Christmas tunes this past yeah. season, they know that you are known to, to let one go every once in a while, which is melodic. And you've made a little something to get through this current season, haven't you? Tech, talk a little bit about what you've been doing for desserts at uh, the restaurant during the curbside pickup. Well, you know, cotton candy has always been a part of our, our restaurant theme. It's, it's, it's the celebrate life. It's, the, it's, it's something we started doing and giving to the customers uh, with the check. A nice little sweet treat. You know, it's fun. It brings back memories, the whole deal. And it really just hit off. Um, you know, and uh, you know, expect it and all that. So when we're doing the, the takeout during the, this, this, this crisis, uh, I, just, I, we, I was at the restaurant. I'm like, well, who, is anybody ordering dessert? Anybody, you know, what, 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 what can we do that's special? So I just started making, just started uh, spinning cotton candy on my own, found a little uh, bag to put it in and uh, started handing it out to the guests and goofing off and, and just the smiles on their faces that they got. Um, All right, pulling up the Rafino. Really, yeah. Global debut of your video about yeah. this. <laughs> Sorry. 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 Make it seem brand new. With Bob Ross in the background. Celebrating oh, life the only way that we can do. The Candyman. Oh, the Candyman can. Who can change an evening? Get yourself a shirt. I love the shirt. Yeah. Make it all remarkable if even for one night the candy man. Oh, the candy man can. The candy man can, cause Rafino's is the place that makes the world taste good. It's a lot of sugar. singing happy birthday and uh 
uh, happy anniversary in the restaurants for the 22 years. Uh, an operatic style, people love it. The whole restaurant, you know, a lot of them can hear and all that. Always made it made it fun. Uh, a lot harder singing into a mic and at a different level. I tell you, especially with Michael Russo in your ear telling you how yeah. to do it better. It's a lot easier just to just to belt out a cappella and. Uh, it's a lot of fun. You know, the candy, the cotton candy is a signature for us. And we just want to make sure during this, this deal that the kids are happy to, you know, it brings smiles to, I mean, people in their house were talked to a buddy of mine this yesterday. I think in three, two and a half, whatever. I don't even know how long it's been. He's left his house three times. Oof. I'm just like, man, I, I just, I don't know. You, you have to have a, the right temperament. So getting out, come and get Rafino's, you know, getting the cotton candy in your hand and uh, celebrating life is what we do. Right. Well, and I think the cotton candy symbolizes that. And I think this video does, too, because it's a way to make this pandemic pivot still be the way you can celebrate life. And I, if that isn't, say, be remarkable, I don't know what does. <laughs> it is. It's just, it, you know, coming up with different ideas for reopening and i just i'm always telling megan uh clock our our coo and everything you know what let's think outside the box what what can we what can we do next to 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 spark to spark a smile or, or a laugh or something fun because i think people just expect it out of rafino's is right. that 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 little extra i mean who who goes by a 42 foot Christmas tree, you know, and puts it up outside. Just, the candy man. Yeah. The candy man. That's exactly who. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about you, just some insight kind of into what makes you tick. What advice would you give to the younger you? That's a great question, Jackie. Um, I try. You know, don't, you know, money and uh, happiness. You know, obviously, money can't make you happy. This and that, and you, and you go through through life of of you know trying to make a living. And some people, you know, you, you want to go be a trial attorney because it's about the money. You know, it's. I went after my dream, which was taking care of people and making them happy and you know, could have gone the route of, you know, what you know, could have done like a couple of buddies did after football and going to LA and, you know, did some acting gigs and, and do all that kind of fun stuff and, you know, get in trouble. But if I get, if I gave myself any advice, I would, I would say be a little more conservative uh, with, 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 you know, take, take, Take life a little smaller bites out of out of, out of different things, and not be so anxious to to grab the big pie. Uh, be more, uh, you know, if this doesn't teach us how to respect money <laughs> and you know material things and how useless they are, you know, uh, in respecting people and family and friends and faith and that's 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 the biggest lesson I hope people get out of this. Oh, you know, that's the hardest, hardest, hardest thing. So, right. 
that's the advice I'd give myself is, you know, just take it a little slower. Right. Not, not so fast. Todd is one of your best friends. Um, it, would you say he's like one of your longest, strongest friendships or just somebody else you would put under that best friend category? I bet, you know, high school, I had a, a best friend. And then, you know, in college, you know, Tommy Hotz was my roommate, Eric Andelsack was my lifelong friend from Thibodeau who died at the age of 25. And then just so many friends through the business and restaurant business. Uh, but yeah, when, you know, 20, about 21 years ago, 20 years ago, I met Todd and I met in one of those instant uh, friendships that, you know, we made a pact never doing business together or never doing anything because uh, it ruins friendships. And, yeah, that's, you know, and, and I met friends through him and he through me that, that we, that who I hang out with and, and do different things. Now, kids, kids kind of mess things up because, you know, if your kids aren't your friend's kids ages and different things, you don't, you know, and that's what, that's what uh, I'm going through right now. The majority of the people I'm hanging out with are my kids' best parents because that's what you do, you know. And being that I got married such a late age, uh, 39, uh, I think it's been 14 years, something like that. I think so, my anniversary could be us. It, it's a, yeah, believe me, it's a, it's a blur. I'm sure you'll be reminded later. So you'll know exactly yeah. how many years it's been. <laughs> yeah. uh, so you'll know when to celebrate it properly. So when you think about all those friends that you've had through the years, um, what would you say is kind of the uh, quality that you think connects them all together. Uh, you know, what is it that, that it's, if you're filling out the application to be Ruff and Roderick's best friend, what qualities do you have to have for that? You have to take life pretty easily. Um, you know, You know, I forgot to mention Gordy Rush. Sure. Um, Gord, if I had, if I had to say a life, Gordy was the best man in my wedding. He was my teammate at LSU, and now he's had a guaranteed broadcasting, and and I was the best man in his wedding and the whole deal. Uh, Gordy's like the perfect Gordy and Todd and my best friend from high school. They all have the pretty much the same temperament. Uh, I used to tell people. I think you can walk up to Gordy, punch him in the mouth, and he he would just say, "Why'd you do that?" You know, where I would body slam you and you know laugh around and stuff. So uh, I guess it's the temperament. It's just a it's list, the good listeners and uh, guys that just understand that I'm a foxhole guy. If if I'm next to you in a foxhole, you know I would I'll jump. I'll, I'll take a bullet for for anybody that, that respects me and right. my my brand, whatever it is, my culture and what I what I like to do, which is just I still haven't figured it out. It's uh, it evolves every day. I think that's part of it. And I think that's part of why your business is successful is because it evolves every day. I, I think about, especially in, in Baton Rouge um, and the pictures you have up on the walls all around the restaurants of people who are celebrating life there and, and being remarkable. Um, tell me about some of the greatest, um, either most famous people who've walked in the door, or some of the greatest celebrations that have happened that you can talk about publicly. Yeah. I, uh, I'm actually 
co-writing a, a book right now on a lot of my stories and different things about connections and different things. I don't know if it's ever going to be finished, but uh, it's a lot of fun telling stories. Um, the first big star to come in was uh, was Jessica Simpson and her husband, uh, Nick Lachey, at the time. She was filming Dukes of Hazard. She was all in every cover of every magazine. She was literally probably the most famous, no, I don't even know, outside of that acting job and a, and a couple of songs, she was just famous for being on cover magazines. And she came in the restaurant quite often. And it was this one night where uh, her and her husband, Nick, good looking kid. I think he was a part of the Backstreet Boys or something. 98 degrees. But you're 98 degrees, yeah. He, uh, all the, all the girls would just go crazy. I mean, really a, a beautiful, beautiful kid. And he's a USC fan. And at the time we had just uh, won a national championship and I had the crystal ball. That uh, That's another story, but the actual crystal ball from the national championship. The Was replica, but yeah, well, but okay. LSU had two, but they, they made a couple of extra and the guy got fired from water for Chris. That's a long story. <laughs> but I had it and Nick and I were talking about USC and that he's a big USC fan. And then when they were sitting down later on, I, I sat down with them and I noticed they weren't really getting along or it's just kind of an awkward situation. And I went in the back and I, I Googled uh, just something information about just to try to get on to see, you know, talk to them about to connect the connection thing mm-hmm. is what the book's about. And I uh, found, I saw where their wedding was like a Waterford crystal wedding. Everything was Waterford crystal. Da, 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 da. So I said, perfect. So I went out, I got the ball and I went sat right between them and I had it with the Waterford, you know, label Jessica could see. And then Nick, you know, Nick knew it from the national championship that they felt that they deserved mm-hmm. USC. And it just started laughter and Jessica talking about her wedding and the, the whole deal. And, you know, a couple of bottles of wine and about an hour and a half later, they were making out in the parking lot. So, <laughs> but I think they divorced like two months they, later. Like well, you months. might've saved them for a little bit yeah. longer though. So um, that was... When- when the game day guys come to town, they usually uh, work in a dinner at Rafino's, don't they? When they come in for game day. Yeah, that that started uh, when when game day really started kicking in, kicking in, and Herb Street and all those guys uh, came into Baton Rouge. My, my ties with LSU, uh, the LSU guys told them about us, even though we're a far drive out. Uh, they wanted to come see what we we're about, and Herb, Herb Street's the one that really and I bonded a friendship that we still have today, and. Uh, he just he, he's given us the best restaurant in Kirk Curb Street's deal every year. You know, Rafino's and Baton Rouge is his favorite. Da, da, da. So they kind of put us on the map for that. And uh, like I said, great friendship. And every time they're in town, they come. And I have mean, kind of, it must have been over 25, 30 times they've been in Baton Rouge or whatever. And they come to the restaurant. The restaurant's full and energy and the whole deal. And, kind of morphed into this you know big thing it's helped us out with our branding and all that and our relationship with LSU right what's your guilty pleasure that you can say publicly <laughs> oh driving over the the uh Chafalaya basin lowers my blood pressure uh love that drive 
That is a guilty pleasure. Yeah. I'm not sure that anybody else would say so, they love that drive. I don't know why. It's just something about it. It reminds me of Louisiana and our culture. It just, either way, from Baton Rouge to Lafayette, Lafayette, Baton Rouge, I love that drive. But I guess guilty uh, pleasure, I mean, Ben and Jerry's. <laughs> you know, it's just... It's just stupid. It's just stupid what they've done to uh, obesity and people. And I, I mean, it's just so good. Uh, you, how, you know, and then, uh, I don't want to talk about it because that's making me hungry. But right. yeah, def- definitely ice cream. My dad too. He he, he has a, he has an ice cream problem. That's awesome. Uh, what historical event would you most like to have attended? <laughs> historical event. I'd like to attend. Wow, that is, I've seen so many documents, so many different things. Um, I mean, there's so many that come to mind, Dr. Martin Luther King's speech. Um, when uh, um, President Reagan uh, announced to, to tear down the wall, oh man, there's so many. Uh, but yeah, there's just any anything that has to do with you know America and, right. and our progress, and you know the. Uh, when I see like tragic events, like what happened with nine eleven and all that, I'm the kind of guy that was like, I wish I was there. Right. You know, I wish I was there to help, or I, I would have died. But you still feel like you. So any any tragic event that I could have helped. Right. Prevent. I, I wondered if you were going to say watching the fifty seven team play. Well, from a sports. Yeah. Uh, it was a pretty boring football back then. Uh, <laughs> But if, it, if it, from a sports standpoint, I, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, watching, watching some of the old, you know, watching my dad play, sure. watch, watching the, the 50s, you know, the, the, the first national championship, Billy, Billy Cannon, my dad was there as a recruit, uh, Billy Cannon's run. I mean, we saw that so many times, but to, right. actual, to actually be there is a, right. is a different story. Right. All right. We're moving into what I think is my favorite part of this whole thing, which is the lightning round. So this is one word answers, immediate, first thing that comes into your head. Don't think about it. Your favorite place on earth? Ireland. Ooh. A favorite movie you can't turn off? Shawshank. Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, your favorite TV show if you were going to binge watch something? Uh, Ozark. Okay. Favorite book? Uh, Contagious. Favorite podcast? Jackie Russo. Oh, nice answer. Favorite car? 77 Bronco. Ooh, that's a classic. I have one. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, favorite musician? And Rodrigue is an acceptable answer. You yeah. could have said yourself, but we'll go with you two. I, I'll go Bono. Bono. That's yeah. fine. Uh, favorite song? Ooh, Epic Holiday by Angels and Airwaves. I don't know that. I'm going to have to go look it up now. Um, favorite sport? Uh, to, um, to watch tennis, sadly, but but football, college football. Sure. 
Uh, favorite meal? Uh, filet, mignon, steak. Favorite leisure activity? Beach. Nice. And the favorite way you treat yourself? Oh, Sleep. <laughs> Which I don't think you do nearly enough of. No. Um, all right, and this is the last set. These are the questions from the Actors Studio, uh, which are some of my all-time favorites because I grew up watching James Lipton in that show. Yeah, I love it. And I do too. So this is your chance to be interviewed by the quasi-pretend uh, girl version of James Lipton. So what is your favorite word? Remarkable. Least favorite word? Oof. Can, can I say it on air? Yeah, you can. See you next Tuesday. All right. Good enough. Um, what turns you on? Laughter. What turns you off? Uh, ego. Or, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, just. Yeah. Uh, Sound or noise that you love to hear? Dude. The uh, war, either in uh, Big Sur or, or the Irish uh, cliffs, the, the water just crashing into the into the countryside. That's powerful. Uh, sound or noise that you hate the most? Anything loud pitch. Uh, actually, you know what? No, chewing. My wife chewing and swallowing. <laughs> That's a regular discussion at our dinner table. Yeah. Apparently, I do it too loudly, too. Um, favorite curse word? And it could be the one you said previously, or it could be a new one. Uh, not say shit. All right. Just... Favorite profession other than your own that you would like to attempt? Acting. Yeah, I can see that. Which profession would you not like to do? Accounting. Yeah. Um, when you arrive in heaven, what would you like to hear God say at the pearly gates? Welcome. Well done. Yeah, yeah well done. Yeah, welcome. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. Ruffin, thank you. I appreciate it. You, you survived the hour. Look at you. You did it. This was great. Oh, was it an hour? Wow. It was. It flew by, right? Yeah, it did. Uh, well, I appreciate you spending the time with us, um, and I appreciate you letting us debut uh, the video, which I cannot wait to share with everybody today. Uh, okay. It sounds good, I promise. All right. You did a great job. It was really good. It was really good. Um, and, uh, you know, we've been regular Wednesday lasagna uh, curbside picker-uppers uh, now every week, um, and I'm not even embarrassed to admit that we had to move up to two trays uh, because we were needing more Yeah. because it's so good. Family of six. Well, yeah. The big and growing kids, too. One of them specifically, and it may not be the, <laughs> the boy child. It may be yeah. the, the daddy. Oh, but yeah, we just, we're big fans. So thank you, and thank you for everything you and everybody at Rafina's has done to keep feeding Lafayette and Baton Rouge. Absolutely. We appreciate all y'all do for the community. Let's keep it rolling. Yeah, no, definitely. And we're looking forward to getting back inside one day very soon. Sounds great. All right. Thanks, Ruffin. Thank you. Appreciate thank it. Thank you, man. All right. Take care. Anyway. And to all of you, thank you so much. Uh, we appreciate your time. We appreciate you spending the hour with us. We hope you enjoyed it. And uh, be sure to be here next week on Monday when we will be visited by Brandon Journey, also known as DJ Digital. And uh, he's going to talk about what it's like being a DJ uh, in a club of 5,000 or in his living room for 15,000 as people watch him now make music online. Thank you all. Have a great day. 
and uh, we'll see you next time. Well, the day